Welcome back to another episode of Giorgio Says, the podcast. In today's episode, you guessed it, we're going to be talking all about Real Housewives of Miami. So unfortunately, this week, I'm not going to be recapping the last episode of Potomac. But in my opinion, there wasn't too much that went on. So everyone's been really excited about Miami. There's obviously been a lot of talk in the press with Lisa and Lenny. And we've been reading about it. We haven't really heard anything from Lisa up until this point. And now the show has dropped. So last Thursday, Peacock dropped the first four episodes of the new season, season five of Real Housewives of Miami. And we have all the ladies back. And I'm so happy. And I just really, really enjoy this group. Um, I think the reason, well, there's multiple reasons why but I think the authenticity of the relationships really gels things together in a way that I don't think you can produce I think we're seeing this on other franchises currently one franchise in particular which is getting a little bit of a a bad rap is Salt Lake City I mean the girls are fantastic okay they all are great housewives. But what I think is coming through on our side is that, yes, there's drama going on. Yes, there's intense moments on Salt Lake City. But the thing that I think is missing is the actual authentic link between these ladies. It almost feels like people are just picking fights to pick them. Um, But nonetheless, that is not how Miami is. And I really appreciate that. So We have Pop Productions, again, doing this franchise. And I have to say, I really think that these other production companies need to take a look at what Pop is doing with Miami and really take some notes. Uh, Simply because just viewing it, okay, just the aesthetic, the the vibe of the shooting gives it a very docu-style feel at times. Not the entire time, but there are moments where you can tell it's like there's just something about the shots that are really kind of, it feels a little more raw. And I appreciate that from a production standpoint. I'm very, very intrigued by production and everything that goes into things that happen behind the camera as much as they happen in front. But I just love the way that they shoot this show and in particular the way that they display Miami other shows obviously have been based in Miami for a reality tv show but the scenic you know the the footage of Miami in between scenes and all that fun stuff that to me pops more when I'm watching Real Housewives in Miami than I am watching something else that's based in Miami for instance so off the bat It's great, great production, in my opinion. And I do understand that to some level, this show is working on a smaller budget, but it doesn't feel or look that way. And that is something that I, that really, really gets me horny, you guys. Like, I love 
when you can make something look so great and like as if you did spend a ton of money or there was a ton of people working on it, but you did it on a very small budget and still like elevated it. That to me gets me like, I am getting hot talking about it. I'm being honest because I love, I love all that shit, you know? And I think partially because I'm someone who you could throw me in a pile of garbage and I'll figure out a way to make it look like it's not garbage. So I really appreciate when production companies are working with small budgets and they still have to make something look elevated because pop productions, I don't know what you're doing over there, but you're, you're doing the damn thing. So now that I've ranted on about the production and, and all that stuff, I'm going to kind of go through the four episodes. Now, not going to go into every little detail, obviously, because there's four episodes and two of those episodes actually were supersized. So it was episode one and episode four that were about 10 or 13 minutes longer. And if you don't have Peacock, listen, if you don't want to subscribe to another streaming service, I get it. Don't fret. Once the season wraps on Peacock, Bravo re-airs it. Yes, it's delayed, but I do feel that it kind of gives the best of both worlds um, in a sense because it does allow for people to eventually watch it. And I think also it's probably good for Miami's numbers just because it's like, I don't know how they factor that all in once they do the re-airing of it, but I'm sure those numbers mean something. So nonetheless, I will be here to recap the season for all of you that are not going to be uh, dropping any more money on subscription services. And listen, I get it. I'm swimming in subscription services, but this is what I do. So I have to. You guys, on the other hand, you just want the tea. You want to know what's going on. I Listen, if I was on the other end, I would probably do the same thing. I would wait for my recap and I would just go off that and the clips that I can find online. I'll be A-OK. Um, but so let's kind of pick up where we left off. So last season, we know based on the reunion and everything that has happened since the reunion that, you know, even last season we saw, and it came up at the reunion, even when I interviewed Marisol, she explained that at the reunion, Lisa kind of spoke on some things she wasn't even aware of. And I think they did cut some of it out, if I'm honest, but looking at what's happened, I can only imagine the things that she did probably bring up. Because if you remember last season, there was that, a uh, situation where Lisa was trying to explain that Lenny had an emotional affair, but it wasn't physical, but they're like back on and they're working through it and blah, blah, blah. But th throughout the season, last season, you really kind of saw the like, there was just no spark there between Lenny and Lisa. I think it was actually like his birthday dinner, if I'm not mistaken where they were sitting and she almost had to like coach him into saying like we're we're happy right we're happy right we're happy that was weird and awkward because his face was just like uh-huh yeah yep 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 let me just mm-hmm and I think from there it just sat with everyone so negatively and I can only imagine what the other ladies on the cast probably have seen and heard because obviously they're closer to Lisa, but man, oh man, 
I don't think you guys are even ready for season five because the way that they came in, it's like, you would think that they would almost kind of focus everything around Lisa and Lenny, which to be fair, they are, but they're not honing in on it so, so much because the other ladies have so many other things going on, which makes for a great show because things just keep happening and moving and grooving. We're not staying stuck on one issue for four episodes. That was my fear. I feared that we would be like dragged along for Miami because of the fact that they are sitting on all this tea with Lenny and Lisa and that whole divorce unfolding on camera, literally. Uh, you know, I was in my head, I'm like, well, if you're dropping four episodes, that must mean that the episodes are either weak or they're like, you're really kind of like stretching it out. You know what I mean? But then when you, when I started watching them now, and I'm going to be honest with you guys, I've watched the four episodes like four or five times over at this point. Okay. That's, that's how good they are. Mm-hmm. And also because I also wanted to pick up on any little things that I didn't pick up on the first few times I watched it. But nonetheless, that should tell you how much I love this franchise because it's up there with Beverly Hills for me. I'm just going to be honest. But nonetheless, we pick up with where the ladies left off. So we know that Lisa and Lenny are going to be going through a divorce because that came out in the press. But it hasn't happened on the show yet. So we're kind of seeing them as they were still awkward, still like, you know, the thing is for me, I think when I watch it is Lisa seems to overcompensate. And I'm not saying this to put her down whatsoever, because I think we've all been in a situation like that, where you know that this isn't the vibe, but you, you're either you're in denial or you're so in it that you can't even reason with that thought that you just keep pushing forward and you're trying to overcompensate for things to make the other person happy and that I think signals to the other person that you're trying too hard which then makes you look head not petty but like um I don't even know if desperate's the right word but somewhere around there where it's like you're 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 reaching so far because you want it so badly but the other person just keeps taking a step back that's kind of how I feel watching this season with them and I obviously we all like I said we know that they're going to divorce because it's it's out there it happens like seven or eight months ago at this point so but the other ladies have stuff going on too so you pick up with Larsa and I have to say speaking of Larsa you know last season I was kind of excited to kind of see where Larsa's at in her life because the last time she was on Miami was on season one and that is not the Larsa that we know now. And it was so long ago and so many things have happened since then that obviously we don't expect her to be the same person, right? But last season, I felt like Larsa still was kind of guarded, wasn't sure what she was doing. And it almost felt like she was doing it because she was like, this is going to be my thing now because it's like, she's not with the Kardashians. She's not on that show anymore. She's not getting the clout from that side. So now it's like, okay, so you come on housewives and reprise basically your role in this group, but it's after so many years. Right. And we saw that play out because Adriana called her out like left and right for it, but it felt like she was just there. Like she wasn't present 
So it was nice this season to see her in what I feel is probably like the best version of Larsa yet. I mean, she seems happy. She's moved into her new sick penthouse, guys, okay? Penthouse in the sky is what she calls it because it literally is. I think she's on the 50 or 51st floor of her building. Beautiful, stunning. And, you know, she explains that this was something that she purchased with her own money, not money that she got from her divorce settlement. She like did this all on her own. She's super proud of it. So you can imagine, okay, when Lisa goes to meet Marisol and Kiki for drinks, you know, Lisa starts talking about how, you know, she, well, I guess they all follow. It's probably like a, uh, like a housewives fan account, but I guess this specific account kind of will tell you like this housewife lives in this part of Miami. And this is what that says about this person, or this person lives in this building. And only these types of people typically live in this building. It was kind of one of those Instagram accounts. So Lisa's kind of sharing, like, you know, it's like a funny account, right? So she's kind of explaining like she saw this post and it was a post about the building that Larsa just purchased her penthouse in the sky. Um, and, and so I guess the post said something about how the only people that live in that building are hookers, prostitutes, and only fans, uh, folk basically, basically like basically saying it's, it's, it's a condo building for people that, uh, you know, do, sex work or only fans or whatever i mean i know that larsa doesn't do uh sexual things like she's not like on only fans like giving it all away she does very much similar to what she posts on instagram probably slightly uh, a little more risque but i don't she's not flashing her tits and everything for everyone to see um because that you're just asking for people to exploit that because people would just subscribe and screenshot and then go on Twitter. So nonetheless, so Lisa says that to Marisol and Kiki, but she wasn't, in my opinion, she wasn't saying it to shade Larsa in like a mean way, like shitting on her in any way. I think she was just saying it like, oh, it's funny. Like it was maybe to her, it was funny. Or maybe she was in a mood where she was being petty because I do know that she you know, and Larsa didn't really end well at the reunion because we saw that Larsa called Lisa out for not having her back. And so I don't know if there was a little bit of that playing into all of this. But nonetheless, we leave that there and we keep moving forward. And so Larsa decides to throw a good vibes or no, I'm sorry, a new beginnings party. There is another party called good vibes that comes up later. So, um, but yeah, so Larsa has basically a housewarming party you know, she invites the ladies and obviously other people and it's the new beginnings party. And surely enough, uh, Kiki, who was having drinks with Marisol and Lisa comes to, she's like, she gets there like first, I think to Larsa's Larsa has like a pregame going on with just the girls in her actual penthouse. And then the actual party is, I guess, on the rooftop of her building. So she invites these ladies over for cocktails beforehand and to give a little tour. And Kiki comes right in the door and she doesn't wait like two seconds. And she's like, so I was hanging out with Marisol and Lisa and they basically said that you live in a building with hookers. Now that's not exactly what Lisa said, but in, in a gist, 
That is kind of what she implied the post said. Now, again, she was repeating what she saw online, but they were laughing. And I know it's probably the edit, but I could see it being a rubbing Larsa wrong. So obviously instantly Larsa is heated and, you know, you already know it's not going to be good. Nonetheless, Lisa gets there finally. And um, as soon as she comes in the door, it's like they start going at it. And the thing that is really interesting about Larsa, and I would never think to say this, but as I was watching, I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm like, I, I can relate to Larsa on this, this point that I'm about to, to give you. Because there's this, there's a moment where I, it clicked for me that like Larsa is like one of those people that she is like, she is your ride or die. She will have your back. But if you come for her in a way that makes it feel like you're truly trying to come for her in any capacity, she's going to pull out every skeleton that she knows about you and throw it in your face. And I, I, and this is not the best trait to have, but I, I do, that resonates with me. So, but nonetheless, there's a moment where they're, Lisa and Larsa are having a conversation about this whole thing. And Larsa brings up the fact that like, don't you rent your house out to pay your mortgage? And Lisa was like, no, I've never rented my house. We've never rented my house. She's like, you don't rent your backyard out to people? Like, that's a, like, you have, that's a fact. Like, she was, like, literally being like, girl, don't play this dumb card right now. I know you, and I know that you do that. And I know that whether or not you're using that money to pay your mortgage, you have a mortgage nonetheless, and you're throwing them quite frequently. Like, these, like, where they rent it out. I guess they, like, their house is, like, probably sought after for, like, music videos and, like, Different people probably want to host parties there and and whatnot. So I get it. I don't find that to be odd. And I don't think Larsa finds that to be odd. And I don't think she would even have said it. I think she was trying to bring Lisa back down to earth. Because I think it was probably coming off to Larsa like Lisa was looking down at the place that Larsa worked hard to purchase on her own. And I can see why... Larsa would go into her bag and pull out the sharpest dagger because you know what I mean? It's not right. <laughs> I'm not advocating for this behavior, you guys. But I'm just saying I get it because I do it. I do it. I do this. When I feel like someone's coming for me, I will... I'm not going to pick the lightest thing. I'm going to pick the heaviest thing and toss it at you. Because it's almost like a way of being like, oh, oh, you, you think you're going to say that? Well, how about this? Also, they're on a TV show, so they're going to up the ante. And I think Larsa was also trying to say, like, listen, you are not independent whatsoever. And she actually does say that. She, I mean, because they continue this fight for like two episodes or three episodes. But it doesn't linger on the, like, the situation. Like, they get, they get back to it in the first three episodes along the way, but we're not harping on it as much. But the gist of it is, Lisa says she does not have a mortgage. 
Larsa's like, yes, you do. It's public knowledge that you have a mortgage and it's okay to have a mortgage, but you have a mortgage. Lisa's like, I don't think, and she's just like, and in that moment, it almost felt, it almost felt like Lisa was not sure if she had a mortgage or not. And that's where I think some of that uh, reaction and, and the way that she behaved towards Larsa when she, she brought that up to her, I think that's where that comes from somewhat. And that's just my theory on it, just based on everything that's happened and happening within her personal life. I don't feel, and I'm not saying that she couldn't balance a checkbook or that she absolutely has never paid a bill in her life. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, I just don't think that she's in charge of the finances. I don't think she handles any of it. I, you know, I wonder like if she went home and, and grilled Lenny and was like, do we have a mortgage? Do we like, because then it comes up again where Lenny and her are having a romantic dinner and he explains it's a home equity uh, line of credit, which is very okay to do, guys. If you own a home, it's okay. You didn't pay it all off in cash. And quite frankly, if you did, you, you might have did something shady. I'm just saying. Most people that, and this goes for anybody, rich, middle, whatever, you bought a house, you're more than likely going to have a mortgage. So maybe it's not a 30 year mortgage if you're like, Lenny Hochstein or like Elisa Vanderpump, but I'm sure there's 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 some sort of payment that you're making towards your home that you own. I also don't think Lisa understood, like I said, I don't think she knew for sure, but I think she felt the need to defend it because she didn't ultimately want Lenny to look bad. And that would have been another dagger in their whole situation if that makes any sense. So she was being extra defensive with Larsa. And Larsa knew, because Larsa wasn't really popping off, because I think she subconsciously knows, like, you know what? This girl's got a lot of shit that she's dealing with, with her fucked up husband and marriage. Like, this isn't about whether or not she has a mortgage or not. So I think at that point, it became clear that there was something brewing at home. And... You know, the glimpses we do see this season with Lenny and Lisa, it's very much, he doesn't want to be there. Even like there's a, there's a scene where, I don't know, you guys, he just irritates the shit out of me. Like, I don't even want to look at his fucking face. And I don't say that a lot about people or cast members, but he's just so disgusting. Like, absolutely vile. I mean, his no respect for his wife, okay? If he didn't want to be on the show, he could have easily said no to it, but he signs up, says yes to doing it, then shows up on camera looking like an asshole. So you clearly just want your wife to look like an idiot because that's how you've been making her look, in my opinion, since you've gotten on the show. Now it's just on a different level. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah, it just really pisses me off. I think because I know people that have gone through shit like this and luckily for them, it was not televised for everyone to watch. But even still, like, it's just really fucking messed up. I'm cussing a lot today. But like, 
it really bugged me. Like, I just, why would you even bother? Why do people do stuff like that? I guess that's another podcast episode. But nonetheless, I um, I also want to talk about Alexia because there's some, there are some things there that I was like, what? Because I don't know if you guys remember, but last year, and they did bring this up at the reunion, Alexia's son, Peter, was in a domestic situation that was alleged, but Page Six had reported that, you know, Peter was arrested for a domestic violence allegation. And, you know, then at the reunion, Alexia says, we're denying those allegations. No one really knew what to make of it. And this season, we obviously know that Alexia married her man finally. It was a very small, intimate situation, but this season she wants to celebrate the wedding. And so she decides to throw a party on a yacht, which very beautiful. But if you recall last season, Gertie was supposed to do all of the event planning for Alexia's wedding that unfortunately didn't take place because sadly, Alexia's mom passed away. Um, so this season, we're like picking up kind of like this vibe where there's an issue between Alexia and Gertie because it appears that Alexia wanted Gertie to plan this, uh, I guess it's the reception, if you will. Basically, it's just later. Um, but she wanted her to plan this reception. And I guess Alec uh, Alexia was going to have it on a Saturday, and that's the same Saturday that Gertie already had another wedding. And then Gertie explains that once she was uh, put in vogue for being like one of the best event planners in Miami. Um, obviously her emails and phones were blowing up because I mean, if you're an event planner in Miami and your business is already doing well. And then you get on a show and it's like Vogue writes you up. Yeah. Your phone's going to be blowing up. Thank God. But, um, and shout out to Gertie. Cause she is killing it. Like, killing it I almost I want to throw a shindig and just have her throw it because I just I, I don't know she she and it feels like it's effortless to her at least that's how it's coming across but I really enjoy her I really think that she adds like a really good dynamic to the group I really do but nonetheless she wasn't available so you know, Alexia felt that Gertie was rude to her. And so they kind of have this back and forth. I think they both have a miscommunication issue that I think will get resolved quickly. I don't think this is something that's going to linger. But so Alexia ends up going with another event, excuse me, another event planner. And the event goes off without a hitch. It's beautiful. It's great. And it becomes clear there that Larsa and Lisa are still having their issue of, you know, who has a mortgage and why would you say that about my house and this, that, and they just have this back and forth. And finally, finally, we think it's getting squashed, but it's not because they just keep bickering at each other like an old married couple. But again, you can tell that this is an authentic spat. This was not a produced moment. No one was planning this out. And if they did, hats off ladies because you you fooled me but I know that they have an authentic friendship they've been friends for such a long time there's no way that that wasn't a real 
friend spat that we've all had with our friend at some point. You know what I mean? So I that's that's what I love about the show. It's authentic. Like the the connections between the ladies are truly authentic. So you really are getting like so much, but it's not produced. These are their personalities and they just, you know, I love it. Anyways, gosh, you know, I should just work on the Real Housewives of Miami's marketing and just like push the show because I, I I really do. I'm like borderline was obsessing by the fourth, fifth time I watched those episodes over. I was like, hmm, I think something's wrong with me that I need to keep watching these episodes. Uh, but there was so much that happened. There was just there. It was it was such a great way to to launch a new season, in my opinion. And I wish more franchises did that. Actually, I think that would be a good way to get people really into the season. Is if you give them three or four episodes to kind of binge to get them all like, whoa, what's going to happen next? Um, so sh- shout out to Peacock uh, for giving us that gift because it was it was glorious. Um, and that I, what else is going on? So Marisol is back in the mix, thank God. We couldn't have Real Housewives of Miami without Marisol, you guys. The confessionals, the interviews, they are even more hilarious than last season. And I don't think she even knows which, like, I don't think she's, I, she's not even trying to be funny. Like, she's just Marisol, and I love her. Um and then we have Julia back, which I'm really like, I loved her last season or enjoyed getting to know her and her story. But this season, it's really nice because you get to, you're peeling back another layer with Julia and you're starting to kind of see more of her vulnerabilities within her relationship with Martina and, you know, her children, because she's now an empty nester. So she's kind of going through this phase in her life where she kind of is feeling isolated because Martina's traveling more because she's doing more commentating on like tennis matches and all that stuff and she's busy and then you know Julia has a bigger farm now they bought a bigger plot of land and so Julia spends most of her time at the farm but Martina wanted to live in Miami Beach so that's where they built their house so that's where the issue lies for Julia she doesn't feel connected to anything in that house because there's none of her kids are there she doesn't even see the point in making dinner for just the two of them because it's pointless in her mind without having the kids and it just feels like a big empty house and she's just there doing what so she does spend a lot of her time at the farm and that made me sad because I feel like Julia is such a like she has such a bleeding heart. She has such a big heart and she loves love. And I think she just likes to be centered around people that make her feel rooted. Um, you know, because it seemed like for a long part of her life, she was bopping around, you know, she was modeling, she was doing this, she was a here, she was there. And then when she met Martina, it was kind of like, okay, now we're settling in. Now we're honing down. Her kids are with her. They're you know, raising a family together, they're traveling as a family, you know, that to me would make someone in her shoes obviously feel rooted. But then when the kids grow up and they are leaving the house and they're going off and living their lives, 
then you feel like, and she does talk about this. She feels, she doesn't feel rooted anymore. And so it's interesting because, you know, the dynamic is new. We, you know, she's only been on the show one season. So we're still learning about Julia. So it's nice to see these moments where she's being vulnerable and she's super honest about it. And I appreciate that because I think she's also quirky and funny and cute, but she has a story to tell. And I'm, I'm there with open ears because I think it's so fascinating. Just her story. Um, and I really am fascinated at the fact that we have Martina on the show because that's huge, huge uh, in so many ways. I mean, we have our first lesbian housewife and it's just, I don't know, it's all fascinating. And I love how things are kind of opening up little by little and, you know, we're getting more representation where we, you know, where we're seeing different people live their lives, but we're seeing the parallels and the similarities. And I think that's so important to show people. So I really appreciate that part. Um, and then, you know, there's obviously other things going on with the ladies, but it doesn't start to really get tense until we get to, so Lisa, decided she wanted to do something romantic for Lenny and she hired some chefs to come to her house and they cooked this amazing meal and they set up this romantic little table outside and it's all great. And they're enjoying their dinner and she's again overcompensating. He looks like he just wants to go to bed or go text his girlfriend or whatever. And then I guess someone that works for them, like one of the staff, like a housekeeper, runs out, interrupts their dinner to let them know that the nanny has fallen and she might have broken her arm. So they rush in and Lisa's trying, she's, you know, trying to call 911, which I think would be a normal instinct for anyone in that situation. But then Lenny clarifies, just her wrist that's broken. She needs an ice pack and she needs an Uber to the ER. She does not need 911. She does not need an ambulance. That's not what those services are for, which is also very true. But that doesn't, like, it was just the way he was talking to her. First of all, he was talking to her like that in front of these chefs. Like, he was so, like, he was just so mean. Like, he was talking to her like, I don't even know. Like, it was just, I would have... I don't know what I would have done because there's cameras there. So you have to like kind of, I hope when the cameras went down that she at least went to him and was like, don't, don't talk to me like that in front of the cameras and these people. Like you're literally disrespectful, but I feel like Lenny's the type of guy that would just walk away and not care. And he doesn't even want to hear what she has to say. So that was kind of where you start to see the breakdown of the marriage unfold a little bit more where you're like, oh yeah. There's definitely something going on here. There's definitely a huge disconnect and it doesn't seem like anyone's trying to glue it back together. And so Lisa then is prompted and wants to throw her own party and she calls it the good vibes party. It's a good vibes party. Everyone's going to come. Good vibes, good vibes, good vibes. So she invites all the ladies to her house and they're having 
the party and they're all hanging out. And, you know, Nicole's there, which I, I will get into Nicole because that's another person I find to be very interesting and want to learn more about her and her story because I, I, I'm enjoying her on the show. And my partner, Jeff, he, I think that's his favorite one on Miami, like loves Nicole. So um, she's got stuff going on with her dad still, which is also really important that she's sharing that because I think there's so many people that have those same types of issues that can relate to that. But the way that she dives into it in the, in the, the situation that she's in where her mom is not with her father, but her mom is like still very close with her ex-husband and Nicole's father. So they, they regularly communicate. And the issue with Nicole now is that I think she's gotten to a place where she's so used to resenting her father that even if he makes any um, attempts to try to reach out or try to connect with her, it's almost like it's she's still in her pain and won't pick up the phone and try to make that work. So I think that is going to be an underlying issue for her, unfortunately. But her mom did call her out on some of her behavior and, and said, you know, like, you can be mean, like you're a ball buster. So maybe there's a similarity that you see in your father that you just you can't reason with, but you got to figure that out life short right so you know she's kind of moving along she's engaged so that's very exciting and um you know i just i really enjoy nicole in general but i like her relationship i find it to be a breath of fresh air it's there's not a lot of like i don't know it just seems like no drama like they just they get each other they're on the same page there's no rush. They're not doing things on other people's timelines. They do things when it's good for them. And I find that that's the best way to approach everything. Um, so I appreciate that a lot. But back to the good vibes party, you know, we're seeing, it's really funny to the way that editing works and the way that conversations are taking place before we get to this hot mic moment. Because there's a moment where Julia's talking to Nicole about you know, her issues with being an empty nester and how, you know, Martina's complaining that she doesn't show her any attention or affection or, you know, acknowledge her. And so Martina basically has given her like this ultimatum, like, if this doesn't change, then I'm leaving because it's like, I don't want to be in an unhappy situation. And I think this is where like, you really appreciate like a Nicole or even Adriana, I mean, like, I know Adriana's crazy and, and does all these, but she actually is very solid in her advice. And so it was really nice to see that. But then Lisa comes out to check and see why Julia is upset. And so she sits down, she's talking to her and she's kind of giving her advice, like saying like, you know, like, you're not always going to like marriages are a roller coaster. You're going to have you're going to have lows and you're going to have highs. And the thing is, is like, you've got to learn to compromise on that because, you know, the one thing Lenny and I learned is that the grass is not greener on the other side. Um, and then she said, you know, Lenny's mom said something at our wedding. She said that Hochsteins never divorce. 
And then they go from that scene and then they pan over to Lenny with his friend Vito inside the house looking for a bottle of wine and they start chatting, okay? And then then you get this hot mic moment that is just vile and disgusting and so... Uh, I have no words, but, you know, the things that he said to his friend while he was mic'd. And here's the thing, guys. This is what really got me. His friend Vito stops talking and says, are you mic'd right now? And he's like, yeah, why do you think I'm whispering? As if a whisper is like... So that's why, if you saw my TikTok... I kind of feel like he planned, not planned the hot mic moment because you don't know what they're going to use and what they're not. So you can't really plan those things. But I feel like he knew that he, if he said that, there would be a good chance they would pick up on it and they would use it. And I think he really just didn't have the balls to get out of this marriage. I don't think he had the balls. I think he's too much of a chicken shit and he needed a, he needed a reason to leave the only way he felt he could do that is if he met someone else and started a new relationship with someone else so that he could be secured in leaving the marriage. That's foul and that's dirty. And that's like, that's so juvenile. Grow up. You have kids for God's sakes. Like you're a grown man, you're running your own practice and this is how you handle your marriage. You can't even exit your marriage like an adult man. You can't sit down with your wife and calmly explain to her that this marriage is over and here's why. And this is the things that I can no longer deal with. And there's no way to turn this around for me. And so therefore I will file for divorce. That's it. Then you can leave. Then you can go do whatever you want. But when you start stuff, when you haven't finished something else, that's just, and also like, I never understand why the person on the other side who knows, and this person did know that he was married because they were all friendly. They all knew each other, which makes it even worse. But I just feel like, how do you not think that he would do that to you eventually, new girl? Because nine times out of 10, that is what ends up happening. But I don't think that girl's with Lenny because she really, truly loves him. I think she's on a come up. You know, she's an Instagram model. She's an influencer type. So yeah, sure. She's going she's gonna to love you for a little bit. And then that'll get old. And then you'll, get, you'll probably get treated the way you treated your wife. And then you'll be the one being like, oh. Which I won't feel sorry for. Because um, karma's a bitch. And it's very real. But... You know, it's just disgusting. I think the most disgusting, vile part, and all of this, this, this hot mic moment's happening while they're showing Lisa at the party, and it just makes it even worse because you're just like, oh my god, I'm so bad for her. Uh, there's a part where Vito, Lenny's friend, says, "Are you still sleeping with her?" Referring to Lisa, and he said, "Oh no, no, um, because if I if I were to do that, I would be cheating on the real person that I care for." What? Like, I, oh my God. Like that, that just gave me goosebumps because that would have, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what medication Lisa's on. 
or what she's smoking because I would have lost my fucking mind. And the fact of the matter is, is that she obviously had to rewatch this. And I'm sure it's a little bit of a sting. But damn, this like, I just, I don't know. So my heart goes out to Lisa. But I just uh, saw that she was leaving. Um, uh, I forgot the name of the restaurant. They were in just in New York or in Larsa. And uh, I guess Lisa was hanging out with someone else. I think he's like a CEO of some software firm. Uh, some sort um now listen I, am i worried that lisa's never gonna find no that's not the issue i guess the issue i have is the way that lenny's decided to go about this and the fact that he signed on to do the show knowing before he signed his name on the data line that he was already going to leave her for this friend that they all know that's some vile shit guys i'm sorry like, i don't i don't even know what else to say about it so this is why I can't fucking stand Lenny Hochstein because I just, and again, I don't say that about many people. I don't know Lenny personally. Yeah, I just don't, I don't, <clears throat> I don't care for him. I don't really think we're going to see him the entire season. From what I've understood, he kind of fell off. Obviously, why would you want to continue filming a show when you're doing all this dirty shit on the side that's just going to work against you? So Nonetheless, um, there is a new episode every Thursday on Peacock. So if you do want to subscribe and catch up, you still can. And um, like I said earlier in the episode, I will be recapping Miami for all of you. Um, and specifically for the ones that are not going to subscribe to Peacock. A lot of you have reached out to me on Instagram and TikTok and have let me know very clearly. I really love the show too, but I'm not going to spend another dime on a subscription service. So I will wait for your recap, Giorgio. And I said, you got it. Because I get it. Um, so it, it, it's a very good season thus far. And I think it's just going to get better from here. I think it's highly entertaining. I think it's really aesthetically pleasing to watch. And you really... You're getting a lot of content. I mean, there's so much going on. And I, I think I skimmed over basically the highlights of, of those four episodes to kind of give you an idea of where the ladies are currently. But whew, we have a ride we're getting on here with Miami. And I'm here for it. I love it. It's like exactly what we needed after Beverly Hills. All right. And with that, I will leave you guys on this. I hope you guys have... A great rest of your week. I hope you guys stay safe and warm and I will talk to you on the next episode.